0: Selma's shorts, Christmas show, Marge's fling, Homer's bro. Well, Flanders, Fails, Whacking Snakes, Monorail, Mr. Plow, Homer's face. Sideshow Pop, steps on rigs, Lisa's future, Selma's hubby, March not proud, Homer chubby. Homer worries, Bart is gay, Poochie, U2, NRA. Hippies, Vegas and Japan, are couplets, and Bart's boy band. Marge murmurs, Maud croaks, Lisa, Buddhist, Homer toaks. Maggie blows, burns away. What else do I have to say? They'll never stop the Simpsons. Have no fears, we've got stories for years. Like, Bart becomes a robot. Baby Mo gets a cell phone. Has Bart ever owned a bear? Or, about a crazy wedding where something happens and do 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 do. Sorry for the clip show. Have no fears, we've got stories for years. Four finger
1: discount, dude. Welcome to Four Figure Discount. This week we're here to review episode DABF12. It is the final thank fuck uh, clip show of The Simpsons. It is Gump Roast. I am
0: Dando. <laughs> I didn't quite hear that correctly, Dando. Did you say fucking fake or something? Or...
1: I said thank fuck. It's the last clip show. Oh.
0: <laughs> 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 yes, absolutely. As you said, we are here to talk about this. Uh, <laughs> to which I reply, do we have to? Uh, he is Dando. I am Guy. Nice to be here uh, talking about Gump Roast. We'll um, we'll wrap this up as quickly as possible and move on to, I don't know, more fun topics perhaps. Before we get into all that business, how are you feeling, Dando?
1: Oh, I'm feeling much better. Uh, like This week's been a bit of a shocker here in the Dando household. Just when, once one kid gets the... Ali had a bit of a cough a couple of weeks ago and I thought, oh, here we go. Then, then the runny nose started and I went, oh, here we go. Uh, and then winter started and I went, oh, here we go. And next thing you know, you're... um. You're in a remake of Contagion. Literally, it's past the parcel with illnesses when you have two kids. Because they, like, I mean, Ali can't keep his hands off Holly. They're just playing, but like, mm-hmm. he'll rub his nose, then touch, hold Holly's hand, then she'll rub her nose and her face. And she's also got a fucking eye infection now. It's just like, oh my God, give me your break. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what about you though? You and uh, Count Basie doing well? <laughs>
0: Count Basie and I are fine, thank you very much. Uh, yes, I too uh, suffered from a bit of a, a bit of a cold, a bit of a bout with man flu recently. Because, just mm-hmm. as you said, uh, Elliot can't keep his hands off Holly. I can't keep my hands off the lovely Louise, who <laughs> initially had uh, a bit of a bug, and you know we tried, we stayed apart for about five days, which I think is a pretty good effort on both our parts. But yeah. come to come the end of the week, we could not resist. Uh, I had to go give that lovely lady a smooch and yeah, then I picked up a bit of a bug as well, uh, which knocked me around for a few days, but now I'm, I am once again fighting fit and ready to take on, um, yes, the uh, the um, entertainment powerhouse that is Gump Roast.
1: I'm just going to throw this out there. This is by far the worst episode of the show to date, in my opinion. <laughs> this is just an absolute shocker. The thing is, though, it's a clip show, so you can't sort of compare it to actual episodes of The Simpsons. There are ep- there are episodes where they try and tell a story, and they're just no good. This one here, clip shows are usually not that well-liked anyway. But this one here, this was, I was surprised to see was written by Dan Castellanada. This was just kind of like, hey, I'm sorry, Dan, but this was just terrible. It was just a really, really bad episode. But it was almost like they didn't want to say no to Dan.
0: Because how could you approve this this was terrible indeed how could you green light this apparently there was a a bit of behind the scenes kind of shenanigans i think uh some of the pre-production took place during the writer's strike or something along those lines that's
1: right yeah Uh, maybe that's what yeah okay makes sense yeah
0: but reading a bit about it it didn't seem like they were under you know some real time constraints or anything along those lines it's just that uh you know, once the writer strike got oh no, sorry, not the writer strike. I think there was more a dispute over um over Payment. salary with the um yeah. with the cast. Yeah, yeah. But once that was resolved, you know, they still went ahead with the script. It wasn't like they said, okay, well, we've got everyone back together now. Let's uh, let's maybe put an extra polish on that uh, on that thing you were working on, Dan. Because yeah, what we got was not exactly shiny. I mean, I've got no problem with a clip show usually because it sometimes seems maybe even often seems, that they'll come up with, if not an interesting framing device for it, at least they'll put some effort into the bits and pieces that are uh, the gags leading to. hey, remember that time Search and Search happened?
1: Well, they're usually themed. All the Simpsons ones have been themed up to this point. There's been all singing, all dancing, there's been the loved one. So this one here, that just feels like an absolute mishmash. I just don't understand what the point of it was.
0: And it's interesting you say mishmash, Dander, because um, our, our friend in the, um, in the, in the questions uh, section, in the mailbag section on, yeah. um, on the four-finger discount patrons page, our friend Brian Hughes pointed out, it's like, okay, they've got the, the Forrest Gump uh, ripoff or satire or parody or whatever, but then halfway through or even maybe a third of the way through, it swaps to the roast format. These two things don't naturally go together. And I must admit, I was thinking about this, well, I'm looking at my notes here, why the gump stuff? Is it only an excuse to coin the term gump roast? A roast I can understand, and maybe Forrest Gump I can understand, by themselves. But putting them together, I mean, it gives you an opportunity to come up with a quote-unquote witty title like gump roast. It sounds like rump roast, but yeah, it doesn't necessarily make for a a sturdy framing structure. I thought this would have
1: been a Good opportunity. Well, the way from the way that it started with the Forrest Gump aspect, for it to be all clips of the various movie parodies they've done.
0: That's a good idea. Yeah, or the some of the more famous or infamous people who have been guest stars and interacted with Homer. Yeah, you know, throughout the uh, throughout the 13 seasons, a theme of some kind. Yeah. Yeah, because well, that's the idea of Forrest Gump that this very ordinary person interacts with these famous people throughout the course of the 20th century, you know, from uh, from Elvis to Nixon, all this stuff. And Homer has probably done just as much in the uh, in the 13 uh, seasons leading up to this episode. So you think you could do that. Or with, you know, the roast format, then it's just a matter of, well, okay, I, I can't think of anything off the top of my head, but you, you put Homer at the, uh, at the big table and you have the various wits of springfield come up and you know just tear strips off him and here's an example of uh, how how dumb homer is i don't know whose voice that was that was like a mishmash of crusty mo and good as no sooner else <laughs> and, and and frank <laughs>
1: but yeah it just the, the gump thing for me i just kind of thought so you've got Homer acting like Forrest Gump. So it's, it's essentially, this is them parroting Forrest Gump. You've got Homer behaving unlike Homer. He's talking slower. He's acting like Forrest Gump from the film. Yeah. But then it cuts to him at the Friars Club and he just all of a sudden becomes Homer. It. Because even, even in the first scene there, Wiggum acts like he doesn't know who Homer is. And then he's at the roast. It's like, what?
0: Yeah, there is no sense. There is no rhyme or reason to this, uh, this framing device. So, uh, yes, the less we uh, say and think about it, the better, although we are here to think and talk about it. <laughs> I mean, uh, my, my first note, and I think I took this about two minutes into the episode, or maybe even less, please make jokes, crack gags, anything. because <laughs> they, They're not jokes at all. The interaction between Wiggum and, and Homer is, is not a gag.
1: The Moe and Hibbert stuff was, what the hell is that?
0: i got no idea why you would do that. You know, it's 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 not a joke and it's not even like a fun parody or piss take of Austin no. Powers or Darth Vader. It doesn't do anything funny or interesting with those characters.
1: So. Yeah, it's the most bizarre thing ever. But I mean, you said before that you don't mind clip shows. I mean, I've, I've actually liked the previous Simpsons clip shows. They're my, probably my least favourite, but I still enjoy them for what they are because they're a theme or whatever. But... But two thousand and two, where clip shows, I think of the past. They they feel so outdated now because now we have access. We have we have access into the back catalogue of everything now, at at, at and, our and fingertips.
0: Not- And not only that, not only access to everything, but access to get to your favourite parts of those things very, very quickly as well. Whether someone's made a super cut on YouTube or, you know, you just get onto Netflix or your streaming service of whatever. Oh, I can get this episode immediately and what's more, I can cut to, um, you know, five minutes and 20 seconds into that episode of Friends where Chandler says, da-da-da-da-da, you know. (laughs) Exactly what he says, direct quote. That is indeed. (laughs) That's, everyone knows Chandler's famous catchphrase, da-da-da-da. But it's in, it's, it's in the way he delivers it, though. That's what make, what gets him the big bucks. Look, Dano, this is really just delaying us from um, running through talking about what yeah. there is to talk about Gump Roast. We should probably do that, but we do have other fun stuff to talk about in this episode. Not about this particular episode, but yeah. on this episode of Four Finger Discount, we do have some, let's just say, tasty treats.
1: Yeah, yes. Yeah, so before we get into our, um, our review of Gump Roast, I guarantee you, people out there, it's not going to be very long because there's not that much... There's just not much to it. It's a clip show, and it's a bad one at that. So we'll skim through it. Uh, we've also, I've got some trivia. Guy said to me he hadn't got some trivia, but he's put together some trivia as well. And then <laughs> we will, at the end of this podcast, we mentioned on last week's show that we're going to eat some Canadian treats. We ran out of time because we went so long because working at Burns was a genuinely fun episode to review. So we've got the, the Canadian treats here by our side. I don't have the drink because I didn't put it in the fridge. Um, what was the drink that they sent, Mr. Davis?
0: Canadian dry ginger ale. Are we not meant to have eaten any of this beforehand? We probably shouldn't have. No. Did we? I didn't. I certainly did. I'm sorry to say <laughs> it,
1: but but you've still got some left over of everything. I've right? got plenty. I've got plenty left. Okay, cool. So we're going to, at the end of the show. We're going to try out all these delicious treats from all the way from Canada, except by the patrons.
0: I think it's testament to uh, the great snack food that Canada produces that I could not keep my hands off some of it.
1: Next question. You there, eating the paste.
0: Alrighty, so, Mr. Davis,
1: on that note, let's get to some trivia. <laughs> <laughs> because, because there certainly wasn't a favourite moment. Oh, actually, you know what?
0: We have got, I got a favourite moment.
1: We, we, do we have a favourite moment? I liked the song. The song at the end is the most memorable part. If anything, the song at the end is one of the more memorable parts of this season. Everyone seems to remember, you'll never stop the Simpsons. Mm. I don't, obviously, you don't like but that was, to me... Oh, no, it's not that, that, that I disliked. I thought it was I thought it was fine and
0: clever, given what they had to work with. Um,
1: the, the, the ironic thing being that it's now gone... This is season 13. There's now been a further 19 seasons on top of that. Wow. <laughs> so he wasn't lying, Mr. Castellanada, when he wrote this song. And he also sang it as well. It's a catchy song. It, you,
0: yeah, I don't know. It, it's good enough to make you forget that you have you sat through Gump Roast. At least it leaves this episode on somewhat of a, a positive note. Yeah. Yeah, we've had issues with um, dud endings of episodes throughout season thirteen. Ghostbusters. And this, yeah, and this is kind of the the opposite thereof. Yeah. You know, it's it's a bit of a it's a bit of a drag for most of the running time, <coughs> but you go out on a high.
1: Yeah, the weird thing is that it just comes out of nowhere. You got the aliens at the People's Choice Awards, and then it just cuts to the song. It's like what 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 what. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <What's> gonna... <laughs> um, but anyway, what was your favourite moment from the episode? If anything, this reminded me of how much I love the Mount Splashmore bit. Oh yeah, it's very good. I'd forgotten about Mount Splashmore and this kind of had Were you taking the Mount Splashmore, were you taking the Mount Splashmore, were you taking the Mount, Mount Splashmore? I'd forgotten how much I enjoyed that bit. Well <laughs> so now I am <laughs>
1: now living that because I Aliot's new thing is like <laughs> being to drive around to various train stations to watch the trains arrive and leave, right? Oh and little train spotter? I'll say Alright mate, so this is the last one, okay? So yes, dad, yes, dad. Last one, like last one. Train comes, train goes, more? I'm like, no, no, it's the last one. More? Ooh. Elliot, more? In the bottom loop, more? More. I'm like, Elliot, we fucking discussed this. <laughs> we discussed this. You re- you repeated what I said. We have both t- agreed mutually this was going to be the last one. <laughs> is he turning
0: into Cartman? But yeah.
1: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he really is oh man but anyway good times so I do, it is fun it's funny like it reminds you when you have a kid of the the little joys in life we complain about so much right but the greatest <laughs> thing that's happening in his world right now is watching a train arrive and leave I wish my life was that simple now you know <laughs> I wish I could just appreciate the little things I just need to be able to do so as much as I used to <laughs> oh Dando. You'll get there, son. Alrighty, trivia for this week. I'll kick off. My first question
0: is Yeah, because you've got you've got three questions, right? I've got two.
1: Yeah, righty. So Grandpa says when he's introducing with Agnes, he tells this stupid old story about how he met Homer and stuff that doesn't make any sense. Then he says, And Homer would go on to become who? I don't know. I've forgotten. Mrs. Joe DiMaggio.
0: <laughs> oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Not funny. But Not a really trivia funny. question nonetheless. <laughs> <laughs> you- Yep. You're reaching, Dan, and I appreciate it. Um, there's a name brand on the memory-grabbing uh, yeah, helmet. The thing. Yeah, I didn't notice it. What is it? Yes, that they put on Maggie. Uh, do you remember what that name was?
1: No, I don't. It's
0: a, It was Hello Proby. Hello Proby. A bit, Hello of, a Proby. Hello, yeah. bit yeah. of a play on Hello Kitty.
1: Yep, not bad. So how long ago, my next question, how long ago were we created by God? According to Kang and Kodos,
0: was it six thousand years ago? Five thousand, almost five. Okay, I'm sorry. I don't have any other questions, man. Really, <laughs> no. <laughs> All I, last... I know. I'm sorry. I know. I should have. I know. I should have put in a bit more effort. Please forgive me, uh, Dando. Please forgive me, listeners. Yeah, I was just very dissatisfied with this episode, and honestly, thought there wasn't really enough in it to sort of pull out and turn into um, into trivia questions. My last
1: question is. <laughs> What station, or what channel does the TV have to be on to be able to pick up the signal when they're probing Homer? No, nope, lost it. Channel
0: 3. Channel 3. Channel three. <laughs> channel 3. Back in the day when you would have to tune the TV in. You've got me thinking about something else we're going to be reviewing a bit later on, another show altogether, but we'll get to that when we get to that. Another show altogether? Oh, I was thinking about the episode of Seinfeld we're going to talk about for Talking Seinfeld. Oh, okay. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Which was actually funny. Anything to not think about Gump Roast.
1: (laughs) Yes, because if you're a Seinfeld fan, the (laughs) up-to-date episode for Talking Seinfeld is the baby shower. So if you do like yourself on Seinfeld, check out Talking Seinfeld, available on iTunes, Spotify, wherever you find your podcast. If you want to be up-to-date and be a week ahead of everybody else, you're just going to be a 4 figure discount patron. All right, Mr. Davis, let's get into the review. Shall we do it? Let's do this. Gump Roast originally aired on April 21st, 2002, the episode had the couch gag where the couch is a slot machine that shows Homer, Marge, Bart, and Lisa in the windows. Marge, however, is replaced by a lucky number seven as a jackpot siren is heard and a pile of gold coins spills out. I was surprised at this, right? Yeah. For a clip show that was so shit, right? Clearly, a show that requires filler in order to get to the final, no, to get to the end of the race. hmm. Why did they not have a full length intro? Like they fucking they, they gave up 45 yeah. seconds of basic airtime which i had to fill with shit. <laughs> <laughs> why, why could you just put it in of all the episodes to not have an intro? Why this one? Why? Would you, I don't put, know man. Put the fucking in for intro a penny, in. in for a pound? <laughs> you could literally you could literally just put the intro in and cut out the forest gump shit.
0: <laughs> you could. Although well, how long did the gump st- the gump shit go for? Oh, like, probably like 2 minutes. It didn't go for it, that uh, was really? forever. It went for like 2 minutes. It, It did feel like Infinity. Yeah. Yeah.
1: (laughs) Um, Anyway, so the episode kicks off with the Forrest Gump stuff, as we said. What I did have
0: here is that the Forrest Gump score is beautiful. The actual score. I've got a lot of time for Forrest Gump in general. Mm. It gets, you know, sledged by the cool kids.
1: Does it really? Um, I've always really loved
0: it. I don't think anyone's too upset that they made Forrest Gump. I think Tom Hanks is pretty happy because he... Did he get an Oscar for it? I believe he did. (laughs) It won Best Film, didn't it? It did. Look, it did very well at the Oscars. It did very well at the box office. Uh, So I don't think anyone involved with it is sort of like, Bummer. (laughs) I made Forrest Gump and all I've got out of him was this, you know, mansion.
1: (laughs) Except the guy that played Lieutenant Dan will forever be Lieutenant Dan.
0: (laughs) God bless you, Gary Sinise. Very good performance by that man. But, you know, it, it came out the same year as, uh, as Pulp Fiction, which was kind of viewed as its main competition at the Oscars and during awards season. And when Pulp Fiction picked up, like, maybe one or two awards, Forrest Gump was you know, regarded uh, as the big winner that time so, around. So, so it was like the, the
1: kids going, that, our film should have won, not this fucking blockbuster. <laughs> yeah, so,
0: uh, Hope you're enjoying your... You know, greatest hits of the baby boomers over there while I'm listening to, you know, this cool track by this cool indie band that you haven't heard of named Quentin Tarantino, blah, blah, blah. Guess what, kids? Here's what you can do. You can like two things simultaneously. And what's more, you can enjoy them for different reasons. (laughs) It's incredible how the human brain works. Was
1: 1994 guy thinking that way, though? Or is this 2021 guy coming out?
0: Look, I won't say that I was, you know, walking around town with a Forrest Gump flag <laughs> or, or anything like that. It just says Gump. It just said Gump. <laughs> but I went to see it the movies and I, I laughed, I cried. Yeah. Thought it was pretty good. Now, admittedly, I was a mid 20 something dude who is very conscious of he wants people to find him cool. So, of course, I'm going to say, yeah, Pulp Fiction's the shit, man. But I don't think I did it to the uh, to the point where I was kind of disrespecting Gump, you know, saying, uh, pulp rules, Gump drools, or anything like that. I thought it was perfectly fine, and as time has gone by, and I've got a little more mileage on the meter, you go back and revisit Forrest Gump, there's a lot of good stuff in it. There's a lot of stuff that's a bit sort of heavy-handed. I don't think Robert Zemeckis ever met a music cue that, was, <laughs> that wasn't that was thuddingly obvious, but I also think that's part of the point. But Tom Hanks's work in it is just splendid. The acting across the board, I think, is very, very good. And honestly, if you're not tearing up uh, when Gump meets his son for the first time, played by young Haley Joel Osment, by the way.
1: When he asks if he's got the yeah. same disability, that's like one yeah. of my favourite moments in the whole movie. I thought Tom yeah, Hanks acting yeah. in that is like perfection.
0: Oh, look, I'm, I'm tearing up just thinking about Hanks looking at the kid and just saying, I think he's the most beautiful thing I've ever seen. Yeah. It's like, it's like what? Oh, mm. <laughs> Yeah. It's incredible. Yeah, there's a lot of good stuff in uh, in Forrest Gump. The one bad thing, the one black mark against it, mm. they um, use the format for Gump Roast. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so I've got here, Forrest Gump won six Academy Awards. Best Picture, Best Director, Best Actor, Best Adapted Screenplay, Best Visual Effects, and Best Film Editing.
0: Yeah, well, that's the other thing. It had um, special effects that... And now probably regarded as, uh, yeah, I can do that with Photoshop. <laughs> mm, yeah. But, but yeah, back in 94, having Tom Hanks in the same frame as JFK...
1: Or sit next to John Lennon
0: and stuff. Yeah, yeah, and it it looks fairly simple. Having them interact the way that they do, it's like, that's pretty cool. Yeah. I would actually buy that Tom Hanks is, uh, was there with, with John Lennon at that time. So I would, I, I think all those uh, Academy Awards are wholly earned. Well, there we go.
1: We started the episode with a bit of positivity. Forest Gump, everybody.
0: <laughs> Indeed.
1: <laughs> <laughs> and then they their spit on it is that the feather stabs Homer in the eye twice. Wiggum then rocks up and says, "No impersonating film characters." And we get the Mo and Hibbert. So Moe's Austin Powers, and Hibbert is Darth Vader. But I don't, I couldn't find the joke here. Want a chocolate. Hold it right there, Forrest Plump. This town has laws against impersonating movie characters. I'll oh, behave. <laughs> uh-huh. Luke, I am your father. <laughs> yeah, it's
0: Yeah, look, this here's me putting on my unofficial Simpsons writers hat and saying, you know what would have been, you know what would have worked in this if Mo was dressed as Austin Powers and just you know using as kind of a pickup artist tactic like going up to various ladies and say, do I make you horny, baby? And then getting busted for it. It's not a gag. It's not a good gag. It's he's just randomly dressed at it for no reason. Just as Yeah, Austin but for Bieber. him to just say, oh, behave, well, hey, you know who's the funniest guy in any room at any given time? The guy who quotes Austin Powers for no fucking reason. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so Homer says he's and waiting. This, this, I'm sorry, this was the Simpsons equivalent of that.
1: Homer says he's waiting for Marge and we get the first set of clips so he's telling his life story because Wiggum says don't tell me your life story so we get the clip of him in the womb and whatnot. They're, so they reuse the exact same gag that I think they've used like two or three times this season already. Wiggum's saying, oh, we've got a guy undercover who's infiltrating the mob. Oh, hey man, how you doing? Mm-hmm. What?
0: That's like the third time this season you've used that exact same joke. Now, I'm so I'm sorry, Dando. I mean, I could have like you know, pinched a bit from that about, you know, what did they fix at the police station that blew so-and-so's cover? What was it, the gum machine? Coffee yeah, machine. The, a yeah, machine? A machine? A yeah. soda machine. Of, yes, a vending machine of some kind. Okay. Guess. okay. I'm sorry. I've been thinking about this while we've been talking. I already apologise to you, Dando, and to the listeners. But yes, I am very, very sorry about that. I should have done a bit more due diligence in that regard. But honestly, this episode just kind of pissed me off.
1: <laughs> <laughs> then we get various clips of Grandpa and Homer when he was growing up. And we get the Marge clips. One thing about this episode was that it was kind of jarring for two reasons. Having Mm -hmm. clips from the earlier seasons and clips from the later seasons. Not just visually, but purely from the storytelling sense. Most of the clips from the later episodes were Homer getting unrealistically injured in some sort of scenario. Where Mm -hmm. like the first clip of Marge, when he's younger, when they're younger, is... Why do birds suddenly mm. appear? It's like it's a nice touching moment, right? When you, you've, you see mm. that girl. We've all been there where you're like, holy shit, that's the most beautiful person I've ever met in the world, right? We've all, we've all had that moment. You also had the earlier moment of Key Takers about Splashmore. Really, really funny stuff. But then they yeah. balance it out with various shit clips from later season. It's just like, it, just, just, it was very jarring seeing them one after each other. Yeah, If you've got a clip show,
0: just play the hits
1: yeah
0: find the best
1: these these, this thing there were so many better clips from later seasons they could have played than what they showed in this episode as well
0: yeah yeah so i'd be interested in the selection process of why they chose various clips and how they would choose to link them together yeah but yeah it seemed it all seemed very haphazard and ham-fisted definitely for mine marge then
1: um blindfolds homer and all these senses started rising so he says, he knows what, but a pizza for lunch or something. And he says, Lisa's incredibly depressed and she denies it. I was like, that's not funny.
0: Yeah, I mean, I, I think you could... you could Let's make fun playing, of depression. I'm playing playing devil's advocate here, ding, ding, ding. <laughs> if you wanted to make a joke out of it, Lisa tends to have a very positive outlook on life. It certainly seems that way anyway. Or well, that seems to be the uh, face that she presents to the world. But she's um, That she cares about the planet and that she cares about you know uh, human rights animal rights all this kind of stuff which would sort of seem to indicate a a fairly optimistic sort of positive attitude i could not disagree more i feel like
1: she comes across as the most fucking depressed character on the show besides mo i think she just <laughs> hate, she hates she loves her family but she cannot wait to get out
0: i understand where you're coming from in that regard yeah yeah that does make sense <laughs> but, uh, if we if we were to view it from my point of view for a moment yes yeah yeah, yeah go for it, yeah. yeah it would just be that Lisa thinks the best about the world. Why Why else would she be fighting so hard to save it? Uh, and then for Homer to say, she's incredibly personal. Like, no, I'm not. It's, yeah, it's not a great gag. It's, as I said, not even a, it's barely a gag, but it has the, we, the vague semblance and shape of a gag. Before
1: that, though, we had the various clips of Homer's memories of the car, right? The only problem being... They decide to include a clip of Homer driving Moe's car. Hmm. You know when he jumps at when he jumps at the door and goes Tradamo! and then he ends up oh. rolling back into the car.
0: That's Moe's car. So what the? It's like they just they just didn't give a shit when they made this episode. <laughs> I think they I think they passed it on to the intern. Hey Homer, do you remember this voice, Kathleen Turner? I didn't mind that actually because Kathleen <laughs> Turner does actually sound like crusty. <laughs> She does a little. Uh, the lovely Louise and I have been watching season three of the Kaminsky Method uh, mm-hmm. because that's what you do when you're a bit older. Kathleen Turner <laughs> is also uh, Chandler's dad. Fun fact: Kathleen Turner was also the voice of the Monster House in the underrated uh, animated horror comedy Monster House. I did not know that. I didn't know it was Jessica which, Rabbit. <laughs> which I which I highly re- recommend checking out. It's a good movie. Uh, but yes, watching the Kaminsky Method and. Kathleen Turner has shown up in uh, season three as the ex-wife of Michael Douglas, the Kaminsky of the, uh, of, the, of the title. Lou turned to me and said, is that Kathleen Turner? I said, yeah, I think she's done it rough for a few years. I mean, apparently she did have some health issues and all that kind of stuff. And uh, she certainly does sound a bit mo Yeah, Yeah. So. I, I've met Kathleen <laughs> Turner. She's really nice. She? I, I imagine she would. Does yeah, yeah. Mean- she,
1: she, came to, she just came to the pop culture stand when we were at Supernova and she was just buying... I was in the board game section. She just bought some board games. What? Kathleen <laughs> Turner? <laughs> of Romancing the Stone fame? She bought... Um, what board game did she bought? She bought a Monopoly. I'm mean, glad all the Monopoly's on the floor. She bought Sailor Moon Monopoly, I think it was. Okay. And she, and she bought the uh, Harry Potter Codenames game.
0: Yeah, <laughs> oh, look, I'm not going to dwell on the past glories of of, of uh, movie stars and all that kind of stuff because you know, father time comes for us all. But uh, I mean, she, she by the way, I just to. She
1: was a guest at Supernova at the time. She was just taking, on her break going shopping. She wasn't just a patron oh, okay. of fucking Supernova. <laughs> <laughs> she was there as a
0: guest, Kathleen Turner. Kathleen <laughs> Turner, what are you doing here?
1: Yeah.
0: <laughs> anyway, <laughs> yes. So, don't you know. Didn't not 100 sure about that, Kathleen Turnbur- turner Turnerburn or as we like to call it, a Kathleen Burner.
1: <laughs> we get introduced to the roast, and it's just from here, this episode, it's just I'm sorry, like, what's I'm more, happening? I'm
0: more amused by my own gag than <laughs> I am in anything in Gump Roast, but that's part of the course when it comes to
1: Guy Davis. Uh, man, so we get, again, the same joke about Homer not wanting money to go to charity. We get it. He's a bad person. <laughs> we come in for a commercial, and they... They're doing this to, they want to keep Homer away from the buffet table. Uh, and then we get the they use this like three or four times in the episode where I had Hibbert, Nelson, and Mr. Burns saying their catchphrases.
0: Yeah. Was, it, now, was, the, the, natural, was the joke
1: here meant to be the fact that they were replaying a clip in a clip show?
0: I think so. Maybe they're sort of making a comment about their own shoddiness, their own sort of, uh, yeah, we're really just going through the motions here, folks. But if like, like
1: Krusty as the host, he sort of makes a couple of jokes and then goes, eh, I'm just going to get some hot wings before comic book guy. It's like, even the characters on the show don't fucking
0: care. Yeah. do you, Have you watched many roasts? Like Comedy Central ones, for instance?
1: I have not watched one for a, a while, but I used to watch them all the time on, on the Comedy Channel, yeah. It was always like the same two or three people that were roasting them. It was like yeah. the, the regulars, yeah.
0: When I first started watching them back in, I think it was probably the mid-2000s, yeah, there were yeah. regulars who came on. It's like, oh, well... Yeah, they've got the guest stars who come in who have had someone write jokes for them and all that and they're actors they can probably deliver them halfway decently but there were roast specific comedians who would come on and Mm. clearly had no fear about you know insulting the um the person was being roasted partially that's because while you're there and partially because well it's a way for me to make a good impression if i just really sink the boots into this person i think that's the first time i saw amy schumer for instance, um, I okay, forgot. Yeah, she was suit that. She was suit that. Yeah, yeah. And there was, it was also one that was like one of the weirdest, but also most brave comedy bits I've ever seen. And other viewers and listeners may have seen this, uh, but I forgot which part which um, roast it was for. But it was Norm Macdonald who used to uh, be on Saturday Night Live, and he did this bit where he just recycled jokes from like the from roasts from the 1950s and they're all very they're not even dad jokes they're granddad jokes he's good at that though he's really good at it and he didn't give any indication that's how he was going to do his bit when he was up on stage and he's just telling these terrible gags not breaking not breaking character not winking at the audience at all just doing this really inane vanilla set that would probably be a hit back in like 1954 and the audience doesn't know what the fuck is going on and all the comedians on stage who know <laughs> who know Norm's work and also know what he's doing and are just astonished at the balls of it are just killing themselves. I think it's the funniest thing they've ever seen. So um, that was really fascinating to watch. But yeah, I'm, I don't know how I feel about roasts in general. I mean, I'm the kind of person who doesn't like seeing even fictional characters get embarrassed on like an episode yeah. of a show, you know, when they... Oh, so and so is really messed up this time. I'm kind of like oh, covering my eyes or covering my ears. I can't watch. I can't. I,
1: no, yeah, I can't. The, do. I the can't take. It. scenarios. Yeah, yeah, can't do it.
0: So, yeah, whenever someone's sitting on stage and someone is just tearing strips off them, I'm like, I don't know how entertaining this is. <laughs> that could that could be me up there. <laughs>
1: uh, so, Mister, uh, so Mister Burns, our uh, Bart and Lisa first. They introduced clips with their dad. Oh, what I liked here hear was Bart's glasses, little reading glasses on, He's mm. reading the the cues and whatnot. So, uh, they say how the, Homer's behavior has screwed us up for the future or whatever. And they, they for some reason, go, but it's okay because it gave us an excuse to be able to see Dad sing songs. And I'm like, what the fucking hell is this writing? This is terrible. But then we cue various clips of Homer singing songs. I mean, the clips, there were some good clips in this episode. The clips are fun to watch. But it just for an episode to digest and uh, try and review, there's just no substance to this at all.
0: Yeah, look, if you're going to be doing this, if you're going to be putting together clips of old shows, the framing device around those clips should be mildly entertaining at best, utterly benign and harmless at at worst. And, I, I, and, I, I, a mini little episode, sort of, yeah. Yeah, yeah, but um, some, some effort should go into it, and it seemed like no effort went into all the the barest sort of trace elements of, uh, of effort went into uh, whatever this was. Because
1: usually the clip shows there's somewhat of a transition that feels not so much seamless, but it makes sense. Here it's just, hey, remember that time Homer nearly killed everybody? Hey, remember that time Homer sang songs? Hey, remember that time mm. Homer drove the car? It's just, yeah. there's no, there's, there's just not natural at all. No. but no. No, we're, just, we're just repeating ourselves. It wasn't a and, very good episode, <laughs> and and
0: it's not like they were expertly taking the piss out of the sometimes awkward nature of roasts either. It no, felt like they were no. trying to do that in some ways, but it didn't really didn't really play out. I mean, having sort of awkward banter between people, it's like okay, here are two people who've never met before, but we're going to have them pretend like they're best buddies and comedy sidekicks. Have at it, while they're reading off a uh, you know a teleprompter or whatever and doing it poorly. I think they tried to do that with Grandpa and, um... Agnes. Ag- and Agnes, yeah. <laughs> but just not not effectively
1: or successfully for mine. Mr. Burns is the next speaker. He walks into Lord Vader's theme. I mean, if I was going to walk into a room, I would want that as my theme song. <laughs> mine is the um, mine
0: is the opening riff of 20th Century Boy.
1: Yeah, I know you've actually said it before. Yeah, it's good. <laughs> good riff, that one. Uh, so we got here clips of Homer screwing up. Then we have Grandpa and Agnes, as you mentioned earlier.
0: Now here's a couple that's been dating. Carbon dating. <laughs> Grandpa Simpson and Agnes Skinner. With Toledo, what's keeping that dress on? The collective will of everyone in this room. <laughs>
1: Excellent.
0: You fruits wouldn't know what to do with me. I first met Homer in 1927 in a bar in Brooklyn. Little did I know he would soon become Mrs. Joe DiMaggio. Roll the clips.
1: So this is sort of the only bit in the episode to me that has some genuine gags where what's keeping that dress on, the collective will of everybody in this room. I'm like, Mm -hmm. finally, some sort of humour here. (laughs) (laughs) But even Agnes, this was actually a very Agnes line. You fruits wouldn't know what to do with me. <laughs> <laughs> then the Grandpa and Agnes again. Well, uh, they played various clips there. I can't remember what the clips were of. The Grandpa and Agnes, uh, they're talking again. We get the, it we be hooked up to a suicide machine. There was a couple of moments here. And this was one of them where it was almost like they couldn't think of a good gag. So they just extended something. So they had Agnes do a really extended, long, drawn-out laugh because it was like, we don't know how to retort this. Mm. I don't know it was just—it was just a weird moment. So then Homer says, "Oh, they say you know Homer loves his family." Cue Homer saying, "It's all secrets and lies." And yeah, they—they they really portrayed the, the 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 shit thing about this episode is that Homer was pretty cool in the last episode, working at Burnsys. You know, when he was smoking weed, he seemed like a cool yeah. dude. He was being nice to his family, and they said, "Please stop smoking weed," and he stopped smoking weed. He yeah. stuck by it, right? So we've had, we've actually had some pretty nice Homer in the last few episodes, but here they've just gone full-blown jerk-ass Homer. Mm. Why is he having a roast? This to me, this episode here was sort of like the epitome of why everyone who turned on The Simpsons at this point turned on The Simpsons. It just because I've got a friend at work who never really watched The Simpsons as a kid, mm-hmm. and I was thinking about it at work literally today, and I went up to her and I said, hey why didn't you like The Simpsons? Because she didn't really start watching it because she's, she's about five, six years younger than, than myself. Mm-hmm. And she goes, I just think Homer was a real wanker. I just thought he was a real douchebag. I don't understand why people like the show, why they like Homer. He's just a horrible person to his family. And I was like, so if you started watching The Simpsons in this era, that yeah. is
0: exactly how you would think. It's funny you mentioned that. I linked to uh, an article in Vice magazine, a few years old now, the article, I think it came out in 2018. But I hadn't seen it before, so news to me, Uh, but I put it up on the uh, Four Finger Discount patrons page where this uh, young writer, I'm assuming millennial or Gen Z or something along that, young whippersnapper, saying, I've never watched The Simpsons before, but I've watched a few episodes now and boy, do I hate it and here's why. And, you know, one of the reasons was one that you mentioned that, wow, Homer, is is this a guy I'm supposed to care about or empathise with or even like in any way? Because, you know, he's just a dick to his family and, you know, he's a... Uh, a, a goof off at work and all these other reasons. And yeah, I get the feeling she, I'd I need to go back and reread to find out which episode she watched and when she started and her sort of frame of mind in that regard, because yeah, if you've spent a bit of time watching The Simpsons and you have sort of grown up with the show or been with it as it's progressed, you've seen that, yeah, look, he was a, he was a goof, but a good-hearted goof. Uh, he sometimes got frustrated with his family as I, I imagine, any family man does, or any member of a family does, gets you know frustrated with the other members of the family because you know they're the closest people to you. But any negatives are offset by positives, either balanced out or the positives are there are a few more positives than there are negatives. So, whether how much that article was clickbait, I don't know, but it's 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 interesting that you know a young woman. I'm assuming maybe what twenty two. Twenty three, twenty four. This, this girl works twenty seven. Yeah. It, okay. Was I aging you down or aging her up? <laughs> <laughs> uh, has that sort of opinion of, of the show and of Homer? So we come up for a commercial.
1: We have Springfield's original god couple, and this here I've got here feel, felt like, if you listen to it properly, you can almost hear the dis, the disdain in Harry's voice when he's having to <laughs> deliver this dribble. Flanders and Reverend trying to sing a song together so Reverend's singing the words paying out Homer and Flanders is just like no those aren't the words it just felt so wooden and
0: just lazy and then all of a sudden they're they're interrupted by the aliens yes now apparently that bit is a riff on or a piss take of a routine that the Smothers Brothers did these are uh, a, a comedy duo from the late 60s early 70s American comedy duo oh okay now, I must admit, I've heard of the Smothers Brothers, but I'm not 100% up to speed with all the material. But even this but but is this, this like riffing on to the who's point on where first, you go, which everyone it, you sort don't, of
1: knows. You don't, you don't like watch that though and think, oh, this is going to be a takeoff of something. Normally, The Simpsons are good at going, oh, well, I know that's, the, I don't understand that, but I know it's a take on something. This just felt like bad writing because it was, maybe it's just because it was in a bad episode. I don't know. But I just watched this going, this is just shit. Is just, no, I, a, I, I completely agree. Um, but it makes sense though if you said it's a take on something from the 60s. Yeah, okay, fine, whatever. Hmm. So then Kang and Kodos arrive. They shoot Krusty. This was the other moment I was talking about. So Krusty tries to interrupt him, saying, You weren't in dress rehearsal so you can't be a part of the show. And they zap him for a good like 5-10 seconds. And then there's no dialogue for like another 5-10 seconds whilst one of the aliens, like Kang or Kodos, is just swinging the gun on their tentacle, going, Yeah, that's right, kind of thing. But shouldn't there be jokes? There, I, I just don't mm. like. Why did you shoot Krusty? I, I just, Ugh oh, ah,
0: oh, hurting my head. It is. I shouldn't, when, be, thinking, when, I, I shouldn't yeah. be thinking about it too hard. <laughs> <laughs> you're you're already unwell. This is making. This isn't helping you. This isn't healing you. Anyway. They
1: say the fate of the planet is in is in Homer's hands because he represents the modern man. They stole Moe's bits. Lisa suggests they uh, try and. Delve to Maggie's memories instead because the the mind of a child will win them over and they won't destroy the planet. They show the clips of um
0: Home Sweet Home Diddly Dum Diddly.
1: Yes, yes, that's right. They didn't show the do it for her moment. That would have been great. In saying that though, she doesn't know that Homer's got those on his wall. So that that's makes true. more sense. Yeah, it's but gotta be they, they, if it's her they,
0: memories, it's gotta be a scene
1: that she's actually in. That's true, yes. Yep. So I'll forgive him for that. But they get the the daddy. Uh, I hope you never say a word. That still, to this day, is one of the most beautiful moments in the history of The Simpsons. It's
0: incredible. Well, it's a very sweet moment. Apparently, though, um, Hollywood. I'm not Me- to record. Yes, Hollywood megastar Elizabeth Taylor was the uh, was the one who originally recorded yeah. that single word for this episode. Apparently, they dubbed in Nancy Cartwright doing it. Now, no shit, really. Okay, um, this is according to uh, the font of all knowledge, Wikipedia. Mm-hmm. now in, yeah, it says in this version nancy cartwright replaces elizabeth taylor as the voice of maggie now whether elizabeth taylor had some kind of uh deal whereby she gets an incredible uh residual anytime that episode is repeated mm. or whatever but they pay I it twice then wouldn't they yeah i don't know why that's the case but you know in all honesty it didn't sound that different to me
1: <laughs> oh, i didn't even realize no but um yeah a very very good moment they think everyone's they think that the Kane and Curtis are crying. They're actually vomiting. It's made them more angrier. Why? I don't know. Just so they can get the gag of the fact that it's you th- it's taking you one way. And you think it's mm. yeah, anyway. So then they get the uh, Maggie. Still is um thinking of different memories. They're still diving into her brain, and we get the various clips of different guest stars. They decide they're not going to destroy the planet because they can't destroy the planet with all their favorite celebrities.
0: Just before we get into that, I don't know. I don't know if we've reached the bit, but there is a. Certainly a moment where either Kang or Kodos or some other character actually says, don't go there. That's the very is... end. Oh, is it the very that's end?
1: The, that's, that's the last line of the episode.
0: <laughs> is it? Okay.
1: <laughs> yeah. So uh, we'll get to that just right now. So they say, we won't destroy the planet under one condition. They get tickets, some apparently, to the People's Choice Awards and the Daytime Emmys the day after. They Now, do you want to explain this little evening shade reference here? Which bit was this again? Remind me. At the... People's Choice Awards, they see Burt Reynolds and someone else. Oh, yeah. Evening uh, Shade.
0: Yeah, there was a a sitcom titled Evening Shade that starred mm-hmm. uh, Burt Reynolds as I believe he was like a former um, NFL football star or coach or something along those lines mm-hmm. who retires, returns to his hometown to like be the high school football coach or something. He's, he wants the simple life or whatever. Yeah. But nice. that was just the reason to get – Burt Reynolds, A, on TV, and B, his character in this small town, populated by you know a bunch of interesting, quirky characters, one of whom was played by Michael Jeter, I believe they pronounced it. Um, mm-hmm. A terrific character actor who was in movies like The Fisher King and The Green Mile and was a cast member of Evening Shade. This is when Burt Reynolds was not the megastar that he was around smoking the band at times, but you know still a big enough name and had enough name recognition it was like we got Burt Reynolds for a sitcom you know NBC or whoever was hosting was like pretty good get although I don't think Evening Shade actually lasted that long unfortunately what I recall it wasn't that bad a show it was just just fine as opposed to good
1: (laughs) (laughs) Uh, so now we get the moment you were just discussing so you see Shannon Doherty didn't have a thing with her don't go there and that's the end
0: when did when did the simpsons have that thing
1: it was a, the bad sitcom the bad sitcom yeah yeah remember said, the bad the sitcom on tv don't go there that's the <laughs>
0: yeah. <laughs> yeah that's the one i'm thinking of. So for them to actually you know use the line don't go there it's like yeah but we were being ironic when we said it. So I, I don't care i don't care you, <laughs> you still used it you, you, you still suck <laughs>
1: Then it cuts to the "You'll Never Stop" the Simpsons song, which I really enjoy. I think that's the best part of the whole episode. It's the only really positive from this whole entire episode. All in all, this one is one that I probably will never revisit again in my lifetime. However long I live, I'll probably never watch it again. <laughs> just, <laughs> but it we just wasn't. But ruined. we did I'm it, sorry for guys. you
0: listeners. Yes, we. Yeah.
1: Um... And I'm sorry if you're a fan of the episode and you're annoyed that we shit shit all over it. Just. Oh, man, it just wasn't good. I just didn't this, was, like
0: this was not for Dando, and this was not for Guy. This no, was not. not at all. This was not for human consumption.
1: What did we learn, Palmer? I can tell you one thing, Mister Davis. The one thing I learned from this episode was that thank God there's no other clip shows because The Simpsons certainly <laughs> doesn't need them anymore.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> what about yourself? Did you learn anything?
0: Uh, that if I want to go to Mount Splashmore, uh, all I have to do is ask again yes. and again and again and again and <laughs> again and again, and eventually it'll happen.
1: I was really disappointed when they announced that. Universal Studios in the States was getting a Simpsons World. How could you not do a water ride and call it Mount Splashmore? Before <laughs> well, Just makes sense. Yeah. And then what you would have is you would have halfway down the slide, you would create a hologram so it looks like Homer's stuck in the tube that you go through. <laughs> <laughs> That's a really good idea.
0: From this day forward, your name shall be...
1: All righty, Mr. Davis. So, do we have some new names for Gump Roast?
0: We do indeed, yes. We do indeed,
1: all right. Well, let me read out the new name leaderboard before we get into it. Okay, so current leaderboard stands at this. In third position, Philip Hawkins on 11, Stephen Roberts on 13 in second position, and on top is
0: Garode Harrahill on 15 points. Hit me, Mr. Davis. Okay, we're just going to go gold, silver, and bronze this time around. let to it. every Props to everyone who uh, supplied a new name, but we've got... Three yeah. that are very, very good. Actually, more than three, but we'll get to that. One point goes to Luke. I am your father. McKay or Mackay. Let us know which the correct pronunciation there, Luke. Uh for the roast of Simpsons Past. Very good. I like that. That's very
1: yeah, that's that's see clever. That's it, would clever. Eliminate, it would eliminate any need for fucking <laughs> gump. It would, <laughs> but that it? put that puts Luke
0: on six points. So well done, mm-hmm. sir. Good stuff. Mm. Uh, two points go to Mark Boston Burgess. Nice, Boston. nice work there, Boston. He gave us Clippity Doda. Very good. Yeah.
1: See, I know that movie's banned now for obvious reasons, but I <laughs> loved the Bray Rabbit song when
0: I was a kid. Loved it. Zippity doo da. I, I Dan- really, really love that song. Dan Doe's a racist all of the way. (laughs) Okay, Um, That's a a pretty good uh, new title, but Mark got uh, a little extra credit for also retitling the episode. I'm a stupid episode with an ugly plot and a big butt, and my butt smells, and I like to kiss my butt. (laughs) It fits. (laughs) Speaking for so many people there, uh, Boston. I would love to interview Dan and be
1: like, Dan, do you watch this Dan, what and happened? go, what happened? <laughs> what happened, Dan? Danny, baby. <laughs> you, you used to be cool. Hey, Castellaneta still cool? <laughs> <laughs> Is it Castellaneta or Castellaneta? Castellaneta. I, I'd say Arda. Arda. I've always said Castellanata, but I think on the commentary they say Netta. Anyway, Hello, who won?
0: Hello, father. Homer's voiced by Castellanata. <laughs> <laughs> Let's make a clip of that and send it to Dan. He'll say, <laughs> at, at which point he'll say, Season and desist. <laughs> I'm taking your house. Who <laughs> oh, um, got the three points? Three points. Go to Josh the Clipper Hedge. Oh, boy, oh, boy. And you, and you know why? Why is that? Because he gave us four good alternative tiles. I'm not saying it's oh, always well, well. quantity over quality, but if you can provide both, ugh, good stuff. And Josh did just that with... One, a toast to the host who boasts the most dose, as in dose, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm, pretty yep. good. Not all bad. roast famous. Ooh, oh, that's that. very good, yeah. Yep. Kang'em high. <laughs> what was that one? What was that one again? Kang'em high, a play on the Clint Eastwood Western, hang'em high. Okay, Yep. Yeah, they can't all be winners. <laughs> eh. Um, And also, the Simpsons roasting in a club of friars. I like that, it's a tribute to the first episode, so yeah. Nice one. So that's why Josh is uh, a top. That's why Josh is gold medal this time around. Nice work by The Clipper. Well, Josh Hedge was
1: knocked out of the top three a couple of weeks ago. He's just clawed his way back in. Yeah. So yeah. we now have Stephen Roberts in third position on 13. Actually, no, sorry. Steve Roberts is still second position. So Josh Hedge is sec- uh, is in third position on 12 points. Mm-hmm. Uh, in second position is Stephen Roberts on 13. And Harry Hill on top, still on 15. So, unfortunately, Phil Hawkins, you've been bumped out of the top three. You're now in four position on 11 because Josh Hedge is now back on 12 points. So, it's a tight race there for the second prize. I mean, one of these guys can get a three-pointer and still beat Garode. Like, it's that not is, all over. It's that a that very tight race at the top there. We've got... We've got a 12, an 11, a 13, and a 15. So any of those guys you'd think with the amount of episodes we have left in this season are going to be the winner, let's see who it is. But thank you guys for contributing new names for the Guy Davis New Name Championship, particularly with an episode that's so lame. For you guys to still make the effort, we appreciate it. Absolutely, we do. DeVille! DeVille is here! Ooh! All right, Mr. Davis, it is now time for Mailbag. Let's do a couple of questions and let's get into these Canadian treats because I can smell them. <laughs> Indeed. And I'm hungry. Oh, yes. My first one here comes from Andrew Swan. He says, will you and Dando do a special roasting episode for each other?
0: I couldn't do it for a few reasons. Uh, one of which Dando was just human perfection. And, <laughs> and you know, pretty much impervious to, uh, to insults or burns. You know, he's inflammable. So you I, know, would
1: like c- to, I would like to think that I could take the insults, but then I would know deep down
0: it would just destroy me. <laughs> See, I have kind of the opposite thing to that. Well, I mean, don't get me wrong, I would certainly yeah, take any any and all insults completely personally <laughs> and to the grave. So yep. um, yeah, there's that. But also I've had occasions when it's kind of like ooh, I'll give someone a, a nice little you know, a nice little rib there, a, a nice little insult, all in good fun, mm. and it comes out like sixty times more venomous. Then you... that's what happened
1: to me at work two days ago and i literally had to send a message to the person that night because it just bugged me i'm like i'm so sorry for what i said i did not mean anything by it, it just it, i hate thinking that i've made someone feel bad
0: yeah i remember doing that at uh at a workplace once someone um you know made some comment or whatever i said oh well i see that your uh grasp of the completely fucking obvious is still <laughs> good and tight <laughs> and i just meant that to be like a little throwaway thing like yeah yeah it's it's really obvious that I'm sunburnt or whatever. Someone like, said, "Oh, you're sunburned." I only had glass, but the completely fucking obvious is on point, and they sort of looked at me like I'd shot their dog. <laughs> I'm like, I'm sorry, I don't know where they came from. I'm really sunburnt. Or <laughs> in all, in all honesty, though, I, I really didn't like that person, so that was probably it. <laughs> that, that's like the eight-year-old equivalent of duh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, what duh.
1: <laughs> um, but yeah, no, I could, not, I could not roast Guy at all. This wouldn't happen.
0: All right. Uh, On the other hand, we will both get together and absolutely sink the slipper into Mitch. <laughs> <laughs> and Mitch would love it. Mitch would write the jokes for us. <laughs> <laughs> and then we'd rewrite them to make them more. <laughs> <laughs> and then
1: he would cut out us saying them and then re-record himself saying them because so- we couldn't do it good enough.
0: Mitch Grinder is so handsome that what? <laughs> anyway, anyway. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Next question here comes from Katie Giacca. She says, "What celebrity or character would you want to see get roasted? Which celebrity yeah. would you want to see get roasted?" That's
0: a really interesting one because I think
1: what about the what about the Amazon dude? What's his name? Benzo? Oh, Bezos. Bezos, Bezos. yeah, Bezos.
0: I think that'd be you know akin to he would just say have the Rolling Stones killed after yes. <laughs> after after everything. Yeah. <laughs> I'm Mr. Bird. Blah blah, 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 blah. Do this, do that. Yes. Here's an impression of Mr. Bezos you might find a bit cheeky. Except yeah, he's got that bald head. You might as well just pull out your knob. <laughs> I can say that I'm bald. You might find this one a little bit stiff. <laughs> I'm not saying Jeff Bezos oh. is a knob, but... <laughs> A little smiley face drawn on the end? Very little smiley face. (laughs) (laughs) To to Jeff Bezos, who we know is a huge fan, and I believe a $20 patron. Um, (laughs) Sorry about that, Jeff. (laughs) Sorry about that, Jeff, but all in good fun.
1: (laughs) Oh, man. All right. So, next
0: question. David Mott, which Simpsons character would you want to host your roast? I think the obvious answer that a few people have given is Krusty. I mean, he's, he's the, the obvious one. I'm trying to think of a bit more the, obvious the one. box. What about Kent Brockman? I would, I would, I would have Gabbo. Oh,
1: fuck yeah, that would be perfect, actually, yeah. <laughs> Gabbo would be fantastic. I think Kent Brockman would mm. be good. He's pretty wise. What about the wise guy? Yeah. Oh,
0: yeah. <laughs> uh, so, uh, Guy Davis. Hmm. See, I can't come up with anything on to <laughs> my head because... <laughs> What am I going to do? Roast myself? Forget it. <laughs> oh, man. So... But wise guy, wise Guy's a good
1: one. This one looks like a long one. So Claire Dyer says, in Blame It On Lisa, she believes, Guy talked about cartoons usually being reset at the end of every episode. The main things that have stuck in The Simpsons are Lisa staying a vegetarian, Maud Flanders dying, and Mrs. Krabappel passing away sadly a little bit later on. What mm-hmm. other permanent changes would you like to see? What could open up new storylines and maybe bring unlikely characters together? I like that. Um, Unlikely characters together. Well, it sounds Could, like it almost. Mm. Can we have? Can we have like no. Carl join the police force, or like one of the barflies join
0: the police force? Someone join. Someone becomes one of, the, one of the new police officers. Mm. I'm thinking like a Fonzie thing, like say Mo getting kicked out of his apartment or can't afford his apartment and has to. Oh, Do the Simpsons have a spare room? But see, that's that's that kind of thing. Though you couldn't keep going it's forever. A bit, it, it's a bit cousin Oliver, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. You, you, could,
1: yeah. you, you couldn't, um, you couldn't have. It's gonna be something that's like, it's just a minor change, but it's something that can be long standing. I mean, obviously, Moordflann is dying; it's not a minor change. Yeah. Um, but like, at least becoming vegetarian that doesn't seem like it's a big deal, especially in twenty twenty one. But it was a big deal in nineteen ninety five or whatever it was when it first aired. Maybe Homer just Homer no longer works at the power plant and he gets a new job somewhere else and opens up a whole new opportunity to have new cast members joining as his fellow co workers. It's a good idea. Yeah. Get him out of that job and give him somewhere else to go work. He can still be friends mm. of Lenny and Carl, but just go work somewhere else. Mr. Burns is no longer his boss. I like it. Yeah. Anyway, that's something. Yeah. So so Andrew probably caddy said he'd like to see Krusty get older and frailer. Yeah, but that, that, that sort of goes against the whole dynamic of the show. You can't really have the character's age. Mm. What clips of figure Discount from Andy Gengler, what clips of figure Discount would you present to Kang and Kodos to save humanity? You talking about farting your guts out <laughs> I'd rather that one was lost actually you talk about <laughs> you laughing about the devil's advocate it was pretty great because you couldn't breathe for about 20 seconds Keith Needham also mentioned baby looked at you <laughs> oh yes. <yeah. laughs> yeah. oh man alright one more question then we'll get into these treats yeah Brian Hughes says would you like to see an episode where Marge is actually a robot like if she died and Frink brought her back in robot
0: form it could be a good treat oh. of a horror story like a bi- yes. like a bicentennial
1: Let's... man parody of some kind,
0: maybe or yeah, or an ex machina kind of deal. Yeah, something like be I think it'll be fine. Yeah, I could see it working. I could see that working as a yeah as a tree of horror episode certainly. But yeah, I don't think yeah. I don't think it's got the um uh, the legs for a full episode. Maybe that's what they can do
1: once Julie Kavanagh's voice is so shot that they can't have her anymore. They just have a, like a hello, Homer. <laughs> I am Marge I hope to God that they've recorded enough dialogue of Julie speaking to the point when, when she finally just have to throw in the towel that they can just create dialogue with a with computer just create her nice speaking mm. yeah alright well, that is done for the mailbag let's get into these treats shall we alright let's do it so let's I've got here the sheet that was sent over so these came from the following patrons so Pat Wright was the man who organised all this and sent it all over Pat Wright our main man one of our first one of our first before we even had patron, Patreon, we used to just say, hey, if you want to get access to this uh, bonus podcast, just send us a $2 payment on PayPal, right? Yeah. Pat Wright, when we were doing that, sent us 100 bucks just because he liked the show. So he, oh, was, the- he was our first like $100 patron before there was even such a thing as a $100 patron. So, Pat Wright's the man. So The right stuff. Yeah. So, we have here, Pat Wright, Shannon Ashley, I sent his little helper here. We have David Nayak. So what they've done is they've got their faces and put it on the Simpsons family. I'm not sure uh, if you can see it there. There we go. Can we so put we got, that
0: online? Have we put that online at all? I'll put
1: a picture of this, but I'll put another picture. I'll take a close-up. Yeah, so they put their faces on the yeah. on the characters. So we've got David Nayak, Shannon Ashley, Holly Eleanor, 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 Eleanor Stephen, Steve Roberts, Jordan Diddy, and Pat Wright, obviously, like I just said. So some of the four-figure escape Canadian fingerers. So apparently fingerers are stuck, by the way. Fing- their finger is now. Nice. Uh, So they've sent over some delicious treats So I'll pull out the first one in my bag of goodies Mm. (laughs) Again, that's what she said Do you you have yours within reach? I do Alrighty, so first one i pulled out here is An opened, because it opened in postage (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) A bag of Lay's ketchup flavoured chips So, it's a family size Uh, I like that everything here
0: is in French as well (laughs) I was happy about that, that they uh, they were bilingual, our, our snack treats. I'm looking at the uh, at the back of my bag of Lay's ketchup at the moment. Tangy picantes, sweet sucres. Yeah, so, uh, yes, it's got a bit of French to it. And I too have. Look, I've opened this bag. I wanted to try the ketchup flavor. I'll just try you're going to hear a little bit of rustling. Hold on.
1: Got to admit. Pretty stale. <laughs> um,
0: ketchup I don't mind chips, them.
1: I'm, I'm not sold on it, but what it, apparently it's a what very popular flavour in Canada. Really? I, okay. I, I feel like it could grow on me over time, but I'm not a big tomato sauce man in general anyway. I'll tell you what it reminds me of. Mm. It's got an aftertaste, that's for sure.
0: Yeah. <laughs> there would be those occasions... Say you had a big Friday night and Saturday night, Sunday all you want to do is eat greasy fish and chips, and maybe you'd order so much, you'd order too much, and you have a little bit left over. But you'd like wake up at two am, like, oh, still hungry for grease. Yeah. You would open up your <laughs> your fish and chip paper to see if there's the anything bin. left. <laughs> yeah, and there was usually no, no, no. I, On the bench. I, yeah, I, yeah. I think I, I think after the first couple of times, I realized you're gonna want more of this. Don't throw it in the bin. You know, I don't
1: it. always says to me, Are you done with these chips? And I'm like, uh, I I'm probably not, but I want to seem like a fatty, so I'll just say yes. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, I tried to retain some dignity. But yeah. you unwrap and there's like half a potato cake with the sauce on it. And it's like, Yeah, this will still be good. Yeah, it's still good. <laughs> you take a bite of that. That's what these taste like. Like cold fish and chip shop chips or potato cake yeah. with a bit of cold sauce on them. It's not necessarily a bad thing. It would not, maybe not be my first choice at the chip aisle, but um, look, I've had ones.
1: Yes. not bad. <laughs> All right, so the next one. Okay. <laughs> I've got here a bag of all-dressed ruffles. <laughs> I've never had a ruffle in my life.
0: Have you never had a ruffle? Never had a ruffle in my life. Well, be careful.
1: <laughs> I'm about to be, don't worry. All right, let's taste it. So this is all-dressed flavoring. Sorry Canada's very but, own. You'll enjoy this bag of Ruffles all-dressed chips if you enjoy unique Canadian food. It was invented here after all. Two, you're seeking something sweet and salty and savory all in one bag. And three, you love eating chips that will make your taste buds feel like they are
0: going to explode. Wow. Oh, buddy. They've talked it up. They certainly have, and um, they also have the same three points written in French underneath that. I like these better than the tomato ones, the ketchup ones. I like these so much, I already ate all of them. Seriously? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah and good. not just not just in the two minutes since you started eating them. This is all like the first. We-, we got these a week ago. Dando, no, I'm only human. So
1: you lied at the start. About I what? said, do you still have one of everything? You're like, yeah, of course I do. Of
0: course oh, I hang do. On a th- hang on a sec. Hang on. Okay, there's like a crumb. There's a couple of crumbs in the bottom here. Good. Eating it now. All right. Yeah. I'm going to put these down. They're addictive. What's the dressing on this? I don't. Salt? Sweet, salty, um, and savory. That looks like a, um, a capsicum.
1: Well, that was yummy. Thank you for that one. I like them. All dressed. Very good. All right, what else we got oh, yeah. in here? Let's have a look. Big fan of the all-dressed ruffles. These are the ones i was been looking forward to the most. Hickory Sticks, original flavour. These look delicious. Okay. They look very similar to the, what we have here, French fries. So let's get these out. Mm. Have a look. Okay. Alrighty, so they, 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 look, they look just like the French fries we have here. Alright, let's have a taste.
0: Mm. Okay.
1: Ooh. Yeah, these are legit. Me likey. These are good. Mmm. I could eat the entire bag right now, I reckon. These are good. Yeah, I could go, though. So, Hang on, I'm, ha- hostess, I'm having some host, Hostess Hickory Sticks, original flavoured. Very good. Mm. On the back it says, Hickory Sticks, love them for the crunch, love them for the munch, love them for the taste. Thin cut, lightly seasoned, delicious. Yeah, that is 100% correct. They are really
0: good. They are very good, and I'm going to have more of them quite soon. Mm. I think Dano said it best. Hickory Sticks are indeed legit.
1: Now I'm pulling out something that I know you've already tasted, and they do look pretty <laughs> great. Because you told me you already ate some. They're the biscuits. The Mr. Mr. Maple.
0: Mr. Maple.
1: Made with pure Quebec maple syrup. Made in a mm. peanut-free facility. Wow, well, that's good. Nicholas can try some. All right, so let's open these up. So basically, these look like little... Oh, yeah, they're... um yeah. the leaf. Yeah. I was going to say Christmas trees, but they're the leaf. All right. <laughs> okay, so they've got, like, cream on the middle, are they? Does it the describe what they are in the back or anything? Maple-flavoured... Cream cookies. Okay. All yeah. right. This is going to, this, this these look good. I can't wait to try them out. They Here smell good too. They smell delicious. Yeah. All right. Let's try it. Monsieur Maple. You can, uh, you, before it even tastes, oh, it hits your tongue, you can like taste the maple syrup because of the smell. It's they smell amazing. Cookies. They smell like pancakes. It, it is mapleicious.
0: Oh, man. Even this, before you
1: take a bite. I can just smell these and I can taste it. It's great. Mm, mm, mm. Mm-mm, that's good cookie. Okay, they're great. You can
0: really taste the maple.
1: I'm, <laughs> I'm not big on biscuits, really, especially like the cream ones. You know we get the Arnott's cream biscuits? But I think the smell of pancakes as it's about to enter my mouth just gets my sensations ready for this taste. <laughs> it's really good.
0: It's snack foreplay. Mmm. mm mm-mm. What's next, Dando?
1: Ooh, I want to finish that first. All right, what is next? Oh, well, I can't eat this. Uh, have you tried it yet? The Tim Hortons coffee.
0: I have not tried that yet. Yeah, okay. So, well, um, we'll try.
1: We'll try that, Patrons. We'll let you know later date. Nicola obviously tastes that. I don't
0: drink coffee, but she will appreciate yeah. that. So, Tim Nor Hortons ha- original yeah. blend. Yes. Nor have I opened this lovely jug of Jakeman's pure maple syrup.
1: Mmm. Try that on That's some pancakes it. as well.
0: I'm normally not a huge maple syrup guy, but I'm going to take this over and share it with the lovely Louise.
1: Oh yeah. So, so, and don't say you got it from the patrons say you ordered it especially for Louise <laughs> <I'll laughs> alright exactly so the next one we're going to open up here is a Nestle product makes a nice light snack that's all it is makes a, light, makes a nice light snack okay they are coffee crisp minis oh hang on alrighty so let's open these up then shall we where yeah, coffee crisp mini je suis classique I'm not sure how this is going to go for me because I'm not a huge coffee fan but we'll see mm.
0: First impressions are very Twixy. What about you? Mm. Hang on, I don't want to talk with my mouth too full. Look, that's perfectly nice. They're like Twix, uh, though. Uh, Twix it's a, like it's a bit Twixy, but it's more like a like a grown-up Twix. This is the kind of thing your mum's having friends over for, you know, like morning tea or something, and she yeah. splashed out and got the coffee crisp minis, and you're like, "Oh, mum, you got chocolate biscuits. Can I have some? she you? you can have one?" <laughs> <laughs> and you do have one you like. Oh, oh, these are these are grown-up chocolate biscuits. You know, <laughs> you know they're, they're not much. They're not much fun. But yep. um, but you know, I mean, you, if there was no chocolate in the house except this, and you had a real hankering, they'd be like, but, uh, okay, oh, okay, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But but they're, they're no Mister Maple, that's for sure. They are certainly not Monsieur Maple, who is my new hero and my new best friend. <laughs> I love those. They're so good. One thing I will say is what I do like with the
1: packaging here from Canada is that they don't just say, on, on the back in Australia, you've got to look to see whether it has peanuts. It'll, not, it'll say, may contain traces of nuts, that's what it usually says, or it'll say contains peanuts. Here, they've got a dirty bit picture of a peanut with a line through it saying, made it in a peanut-free facility. Makes it so much easier for someone who has an allergy to just walk past and see that logo. Australian Australian producers should be putting this on their packaging as well. It's good, absolutely. I like it. But our
0: our Canadian friends are renowned for their good manners and conscientiousness. There is, yeah. But just for being good people in
1: general. All right. Last we have got to open up here because I haven't got the ginger in the fridge yet. So you're gonna try. You,
0: you got some ginger there? Uh, I don't have it here, but I have had it. Is it good? Uh yeah. Look, it's it's quite nice. It's not as gingery as Australian ginger ale, like, say, oh, okay. or, or even homebred. It's a little, um, it's a bit lighter.
1: All right, so we're going to open up the Smarties now.
0: And it's funny because I'm pretty sure our Canadian friends sent us these thinking, what an exotic variation on M&M's, eh? Um, <laughs> little yeah. knowing that, that we grew up with Smarties in, in Australia and that M&M's, uh, when they were introduced to the market in the mid-80s, were kind of like, oh, that's right, we're in the big leagues now, no more cruddy Smarties, we're you know, getting M&M's. Um, so what, let's see. the Smarties what, taste what the did, same. What did E.T. eat? Did he eat M&M's he or Reese's, Reese's Pieces? Pieces? That's right. M&M's said, eh, we don't want anything to do with this ugly yeah. alien. <laughs> <Idiots>. <laughs> boy did Boy, did they fuck up. Alright, let's have a Smartie.
1: Literally, if M&M's had done that, Reese's Pieces would be out of business now.
0: Probably. Alright, okay, Smarty. go to a party. In my mouth, and everyone's invited.
1: Um, yeah, they taste—they just taste like Smarties here, basically. Yeah, just Smarty. Smartie. <laughs> just a Smartie. But still, I've got a 10-pack now. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> so thank you, guys. Well, thank you so much, Canadian Patron, for sending this over. It took, like, three months for it to arrive, but I'm glad it did because I think my favourites by far are definitely Mr Maple Biscuits. They're delicious. And peanut-free, mm. which means Nicola can enjoy them as well. I'm looking forward to seeing whether Nicola likes this Chim Hortons coffee or not. I think the Coffee Crisp Minis... Like you said, they're they're a good backup. The ketchup chips, not overly sold on the ketchup chips, but I did like the all... What was the other one? What was the flavour called? Hickory
0: sticks or all... What was it? All what?
1: All seasoning? Yeah, something like that. All seasoning, yeah, yeah. The the ruffles. But the hickory sticks are fantastic. So I would love if we had some more of those here in Australia. But yes, thank you so much, guys, (laughs) for sending those over. That was a delicious way
0: to end this podcast. Indeed. (laughs) it, it, It... The sweetness, or no, the uh, tangy delight of hickory sticks and the overwhelming pancake-esque sweetness of Monsieur Maple just wiped the horrible taste of gump roast out of our mouths. (laughs) Yeah, speaking of myself, hickory sticks uh, for the savoury, Mr Maple for the sweet. Everything was wonderful though, guys. Thank you so, so much for that lovely, lovely care package. Oh, much, much appreciated. I'm just asking you a question here.
1: You said that hey Nancy Cartwright voiced the baby in this, but I'm looking at the guest stars for the episode, and it says
0: Elizabeth Taylor, Elizabeth Taylor. as Maggie Taylor. Simpson. Like I said, this was on Wikipedia, so you know. Don't but I'm, I'm, on,
1: I'm on the Wikipedia page. Where did you see Nancy Cartwright? Um, Maggie says her first word, "Daddy." In a in this version, Nancy Cartwright replaces. Oh, that's so weird. You are You are right. That's just that's yeah. weird, isn't it? Yeah. Hmm. Anyway, doesn't matter. Enough about that. Enough about Gut Roast. It's done. It's finished. We've we've got past it. We survived. We did it. Next week, week we're reviewing an episode that I can't remember anything about. I know I've seen it, but I can't remember much about it at all. I know Bart starts his own internet uh, comic. It's I Am Furious Yellow. So I'm really looking forward to checking this one out because it's like, I know it's got a Stan Lee cameo at the comic book shop, and yeah, Bart starts his own comic about Homer being like angry dad or something. It's it's actually I, I remember it being a really good episode. So looking Ooh. forward to checking out I am furious well, yellow. It could, yeah,
0: it, hey Dando. Yeah, I'm yeah? I'm I'm also looking forward to checking out I am uh, I am curious furious yellow. Do you know why? Why is that? It's not gump roast.
1: Yeah, I was gonna say <laughs> anything that follows <laughs> gump roast is gonna be seen as an instant classic. So looking forward to checking that one out next week, guys. Thank you so much for everyone who has rated and reviewed us in the iTunes store in the past week and chucked us five stars and left some few kind words. Please continue to do so. Follow us on Instagram at Four Finger Discount and on Twitter at Four Finger Pod. And don't forget to check out our other new podcasts that have just launched. We've got Mining Guys, uh, Guy and My uh, South Park podcast going down to South Park. We review every episode of South Park. Basically, it's this podcast, but a South Park form. And we're having a great <laughs> time doing that one because, man, South Park, classic. We also have just launched the one about Friends, where Nicola, my wife, and myself review every episode of Friends. So check that one out as well. We're available on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you find your podcasts. Next week we are doing Iron Furious Yellow. Thank you once again to all of our patrons, but in particular the ones from Canada who sent the delicious treats that we just tasted. But for now, Mister Davis, any final words for our incredible listeners?
0: We take it to mass Splashmore. We take it to splash 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 Splashmore.
1: If I do, will you just give me some goddamn final words?
0: We take to mass splash ball.